everyone and welcome back to the red beard outdoors podcast i'm jonathan your host and here at red beard outdoors i talk about faith family fitness and the outdoors because those are passions of mine they're at my core and i can measure how i'm doing in life based on how i'm doing in those aspects so with that being said i share my journey with you again i'm no expert guys but i get to share this journey with you on saturdays i have amazing conversations like with our guest today dustin adams from Adams Precision Archery. If you haven't seen his arrow builds, guys, they are clean, just amazing. <laughs> so definitely go check them out. I'll have the link down below so you can look at his Instagram page uh, while you're listening to him talk about archery, etc. But on Saturday, sharing these conversations just is just a joy for me. I enjoy treating it as though you guys are there present while I'm having this awesome conversation with Dustin or whoever the guest is at the time. On Tuesdays, you get to hear Tinkering Tuesdays. So that's gear reviews, mindset, storytelling, etc. And I hope you enjoy those shorter episodes and can geek out over gear with me as well. As I learn, I'm in the process, I'm tinkering. Again, not an expert, just enjoy doing what I do with archery and gear and life. So that being said, guys, I want to give a quick shout out to you. Thank you so much for supporting the channel, the show. If you haven't yet, please go subscribe on the YouTube channel. Even if you don't watch it on YouTube, it would definitely help. And the gear reviews are better on YouTube because you can actually see what I'm doing over there. I personally would say that the conversations are even more fun because you get to watch facial expressions and, and watch it over on YouTube. Here, please follow wherever it is, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Follow the podcast leave a review. It helps more than you know. And if you're in the market to support monetarily, there's multiple channels, but basically all the links are down below to where you can buy gear. Some of the gear I get kickbacks from others. I'm just showing them that I really appreciate their gear and I'm sending people their way and giving you the audience a discount. So go check that out. And I want to give a shout out to first form and first form outdoors guys. First Form is an outstanding company, clean ingredients, best supplements on the market, hands down. On top of that, Andy Frisella, the owner, has created a 110% money back guarantee on products. Why do I want to highlight that? Well, first off, it shows the quality, the belief in the quality of the product is there. When you try it, you're not going to want to send it back. You're not going to want your money back. You're going to want to be a part of the First Form community. But if you're, there is a flavor that maybe you're a little iffy on and you want to try it, that's also definitely allowed because there's a 110% money back guarantee. So if you don't like the supplement, if you don't like the way it tastes, like the Pro's Workout Shake or whatever it may be, you're obviously not going to use it. And we want you to better your life with your nutrition. So that's why that guarantee is there. So go check it out guys. First form and first form outdoors. And if you're not in the Facebook group, come join us over at Facebook first form outdoors group. Let them know Redbeard sent you. With that being said, guys, let's get into this conversation with Dustin Adams from Adams precision archery. All right. Welcome back guys. We've got an amazing guest here with Dustin Adams. Uh, you know, it kind of scares me because your last name's almost the same as my nine to five boss. And uh, <laughs> he always gives me crap for having a, a side gig. But anyway, we got Dustin here and Dustin loves to make arrows. He builds arrows, loves doing that on. I don't think that's your full time gig, right? That's on the side. Uh, 
Well, it's becoming it's becoming full time. Actually, we're there you go. Uh, we're kind of in that transition. So he loves it so much, he's turning into a full time thing, guys. I don't know if I love arrow building that much, but uh, Dustin really enjoys uh, building arrows, and he's got his you know his company. Um, he's got a ton of things going on in his life as well, and you may notice he's got an awesome ginger beard too. So of course, I had to get him on the podcast. Uh, but Dustin, for for people that don't know who you are, uh, because you always put your clean arrow builds on uh, on Instagram and never really show your face unless you go live, uh, <laughs> who are you? Uh, so I'm Dustin Adams. Uh, I, I founded and own uh, Adams Precision Archery. We're a uh, we're a high end custom arrow builder, uh, veteran owned company, um, veteran staffed company, which I think is really cool. Uh, we're, we have all veteran employees. And uh, yeah, man, we're, we're we're just trying to change the game as far as uh, as far as arrow building goes. Um, we're doing some other things too. We own a rap company, and uh, and we've got some other really cool stuff kind of in the works right now. So I'm just a just a regular dude that's into archery that um, is here to change the game, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So let me just ask: Did this like idea of doing an arrow building company come from those nights of? sitting down watching youtube and building your own arrows or where did that where did that come from <laughs> yeah so i mean you know I, i'm sure that it's the same story everywhere right like it started with um i think that i was looking for a little bit more uh than than what i was getting from my local shop and um i taught myself how to do it and uh one thing led to another and and i had friends asking for me to build them and and then their friends asking and and it was actually my wife that uh that that pressured me into actually trying to legitimize it and make a business out of it so without her this thing probably wouldn't be happening right now um but she she pushed me i came home from work one day she said hey here's your your llc information here's your instagram login and go make a business out of it and so that's wow. uh that's kind of how it came about man no that's awesome you know it's it's interesting because and we were talking about montana knife company a little bit before uh, hopping on here but some amazing companies are started uh because of spouses and or at least yeah. the the very um i guess dedicated support that certain spouses give and i know i couldn't do what i do if it wasn't for my wife uh, in the background and she'll never want to be in the spotlight i get a lot of people that ask when is she coming on the podcast honestly like i don't know if that's ever going to happen but just know that what I do anyway has a lot to do with the fact that she's coordinating behind the scenes when I'm gone hunting, when I'm up doing other things with maybe one or two of the kids, not all of them. She's running the show behind the scenes. So I love hearing that about your wife as well. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, I think, I think if you really looked at it right, I think behind every company that's, that's doing well, there's one of those because, um, you know, I, I am so thankful that I have a, uh, that I have a partner that's also an avid bow hunter. And so, you know, there's, there's never that strife, right? Like when hunting season comes, we're both excited about it. We're both looking forward to it. And, um, and to be honest with you, with the exception of the marketing side of it, as far as, you know, running our social media and trying to, you know, get our brand and information out there, she's running this deal, man. She's doing all the accounting stuff. She does all the web design. She does, uh, APA wrapped, which is our wrap company. She manages all of that. All I do is build and sell arrows and, and work our social media channels. Honestly. I mean, she's, she's running the company outside of that. No, that's, that's awesome. That is outstanding yeah. to hear. And, uh, you know, that that's, that's really cool. I always say that there's, uh, 
there's one good ginger behind every company in the outdoors industry that's successful as well. So between gingers and, and good spouses, I think, I think the outdoors industry is pretty well taken care of. Yeah, uh, we got to put together. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny though, because you know, we burn so easily. It's funny that we're so in, into the outdoors, even though we're just, you know, we just burn. But <laughs> well, we've uh, but but for me, for me, I uh, I I stay indoors in the summertime, mm-hmm. man. I'm a, I'm an outdoors winter guy, man. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a beach guy or a get out there, man. I'm not trying to get roasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why I love the mountains so much, honestly. Like, um, yeah, definitely. I, I grew up in North Carolina, and my mom is very much a beach person. And all of my bad sunburn experiences have to do with the beach. All of them. 100%. Like I can't think of, yeah. I can't think of one, even on the lake. Like I get sunburned on the lake, but it's not, no, it's not the, the salt, same. man. The yeah. salt, the salt, the, yeah, the, the salt in the air, man. It just, it cooks guys like us. We, we have to, we have to run for cover, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that, that's really cool. So you build arrows now, I guess kind of let, let's talk a little bit before that. So are you a veteran? I guess I don't even know that about yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I was in the army, uh, in my younger years, man, uh, Oh two to, uh, to 06, uh, did a tour in Iraq and, and made some really cool, like, you know, some lifelong, uh, friendships and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, then I got out and, and, uh, somehow got, got suckered into, you know, working for Toyota for 15, 16 years. And, uh, and then this happened and, and now I'm on my way out the door with Toyota and, and, uh, breaking into the archery industry, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I grew up, so being in North Carolina, uh, Fort Bragg is where I, I was born, basically. And um, all of my family was, you know, military veterans. And whether it be from Air Force, my dad was a Marine. So technically, I was born at Cherry Point right there in North Carolina. And, um, you know, so I, I definitely have a, a huge respect for people that whether you spend an entire career in the military or, you know, a certain amount of years in the military, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of service. Um, you know, and I, I chose to serve a different way and went on a mission, but at the same time, military service really is that I think people don't highlight that enough, uh, that you are giving a portion of your life or a big chunk of your life, depending on how much, you know, you're doing yeah. in there. Uh, but you're serving, you're serving the community and, um, you know, everything from domestic stuff to, uh, going abroad and you're serving. Sure. So I appreciate that a, a ton. And I hey, think it's man. awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, thanks for the support, man. Um, it, it was definitely, you know, looking back on it, I was very young when I went in and, um, you know, looking back, I'm really, I'm really thankful for that time. It, it shaped a lot of things, you know, for the now, right? Like, so, um, you know, I, I don't think if I had a, uh, skipped over that portion of my life, I don't think that I would be doing what I'm doing right now. And, and so, uh, it's really cool to kind of, to be able to look back on that and see how that kind of shaped things into what they are now. And I am really thankful for that. And, and, uh, you know, I had experiences that, that certainly, uh, I'll never forget and, uh, that have changed me forever and, and, uh, you know, have ultimately been able to, um, use those things, I think to become better, a better person and, yeah. and, uh, you know, somebody that I look in the mirror and like, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. That's, uh, you know, and, and again, that takes a lot uh, to serve a community in general. Um, and there's so many different ways to serve. And, and the military is definitely one of those high intensity. You're giving literally your your whole life during those years that you're in for that. So I appreciate that. And then, you know, so veteran owned and then veteran staff. Do you have I didn't realize there was more than just you and your wife. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, we we've got uh, we've got a couple of guys. I've got one uh, that's uh, still in the military. Uh, his name's Patrick, and uh, you guys know him on Instagram, uh, Condition Set, and okay. uh, and he and he works with me, uh, and and he's just that guy. I th- you know, so I think that every company, I think that it's pretty important to find that guy, right? Like the guy that when you leave and go out of town that you're comfortable having somebody run, you know, run your company, run your business. And, and he is that guy for us and has allowed us to, to continue to grow. And, and, uh, I mean, right now we're in a situation where, where we still have additional staffing needs. I mean, our company is getting big and busy and, and, uh, you know, we're pretty much right now in a spot where our arms are around it, just trying to hold the growth back <laughs> until we're in a situation to, to allow it to go further than it has. No, that's amazing. That's really awesome to hear. Uh, it's that, super busy, man. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I, I, I do. I've you know chatted back and forth with Patrick, but I didn't realize that he officially worked uh, with you on on building arrows and stuff. So that's awesome. Um, so Patrick let, handles guess, all of our. Uh, Patrick handles um, our customer interaction. So, gotcha. when a customer goes in and, and submits an inquiry and uh, and is looking for that consultation, um, mm. every one of our builds is done via consultation. And, uh, and Patrick is the guy on the other end of that inquiry that is conducting that consultation with, with, uh, about 90% of our customers. And he's, you know, handling our, uh, handling our, our workflows and that sort of stuff like that. So he's, he's vital, man. He's, hmm. you know, like I said, every company has that guy and, and he is vital. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I agree that that's. That's something very understated and overlooked uh, nowadays. You know, everyone wants to have the newest, coolest, best product, which is awesome. But at the same time, what happens if you don't have good customer service? You don't have good interactions oh, yeah. with the company. And, and, and from my end too, working with companies, um, I can also say it goes that way with how I recommend companies. Companies that I recommend or work with, if you don't have good customer service, I may do a review or two on your product, but I'm not going to rep the brand the way yeah. that I do. I mean, a lot of other brands like First Form, for example, um, they, man, I don't even know. Well, I do know how they did it, but the idea of having to build up that quality of customer service and, and loyalty um, from the get go is hard because you see all of these other companies dumping money into marketing and all of this other stuff and excelling and making a ton of money up front and getting their their face out there a lot. And then you've got First Form, for example, that it's taken them, and they've been around since 2009. And just until now is when they're really blowing up, even in the outdoors industry, uh, when when we're able to get you know eyeballs and people are like, oh, I've kind of heard of First Form before, but never really looked into them. And it's because it's not marketing focused. It's very much... Right that customer base sending thank you cards in your, your orders, uh, reaching out to you, 110% money back guarantee, all of those things, right? You can't find that in many companies. And so I love hearing that you have someone that's dedicated to that, um, to be able to make sure that customers are taken care of. Yeah. I mean, so, so fortunately I'll say that throughout my professional career, I've been in service related industries and have that marketing background, and, you know, it, it's pointless, in my opinion, right, to, to start a company and, and push all this marketing time and effort to generate initial income, right, and then fall short in terms of taking care of those people after the fact. Because, I, you know, a successful business doesn't want 
your business one time, right? They want your mm-hmm. business repeatedly. And and that's how you grow, right? You can only reach so many people for the first time. You're going to need to continue reaching new people and having those people that have had that positive experience with you come back and do it over and over and over. And that's those are the companies that are, are the giants, right? Uh, mm-hmm. No huge company is filled with... Uh, first time customers. It's just not, exactly. it's not the way it works. And so, you know, it would be a shame, I think, to, to put all this effort in. And when I tell you effort, bro, we're, we're putting in the effort, man, we're grinding and it would be a shame to waste that time and then fall short on the, on the other side of that, the side that really pays off. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I definitely understand that. And yet I, you know, just cause you have a diamond, you can't necessarily polish a turd. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't wrap, you know, cover it in crap and be like, but it's so good, you know, and uh, it'll be exposed eventually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's awesome. So like, you know, my, in my nine to five, um, I'm struggling with that. It's, it's one of those things where, um, and I know we're kind of going down this marketing rabbit hole, but I, I think it's a point that needs to be made for anyone that wants to either start a company like yourself or works for a company maybe as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, inside the company. I don't know how many times I've brought up to my bosses that yes, we may have the best quality product, but I can't lie and overcome customer service issues. Like, <laughs> you know, that's Never. just you something can. that I can't yeah, that's, do. That's a fact. Yeah. So, and, and they, you know, cause they've come down on me sometimes where they're like, Oh, well, why did you say this or that? Or, or empathize with the customer about this issue they were having. I'm like, Cause that's how they want to be treated and they're going to come back and buy more stuff. That's going to work, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, Oh, our customer service is amazing. Sorry. You had that bad experience. It's great. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, Oh man, that's right. terrible. We're working on yeah. it. It's getting better, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I so. mean, I agree, man. I mean, it has to, there has to be these multiple, you know, facets to, to, to run in a business. And there, I think every box has to be checked and, and that's the, the separator, right? The difference maker is, is if you're not, if you're missing any of these key components, right? You're, you're falling short and you're going to pay the price in the long run. Exactly. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit here about how, so I guess you, you work for Toyota officially right now. Do you drive a Toyota? Yeah, I drive a, I drive a Tundra. I drive a new okay, Tundra. Cool. Uh, the new yeah, ones? It's a, yeah, I have a 2023 mm. uh, Platinum. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I will say, listen, I've worked for Toyota since '06. This is my first Toyota. Okay, listen, yeah, I, okay. I was a Ford, I was a Ford truck guy. I, you know, Toyota makes a, a super reliable vehicle, but that mm. truck just needed an update so bad, man. And yes. uh, finally, they, finally, they updated it and they they put the creature feature in there and made it all techie and and uh, and I was like, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have one of these now. And so I bought it and it's been. It's been really cool. It's a great truck. It's got a big Adams Precision Archery decal on the back of it. I'm one of those guys. And <laughs> yep. so, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. It's one of the trucks that I'm looking at uh, eventually when I, gr- so right now I drive a taco and I'm getting that thing a great built truck. out right now. Yeah. It's a 2010. I didn't necessarily love the the third gens and, you know, I got a screaming deal on this. It had like, I think like 60,000 miles and that's nothing I bought on it truck. a couple years ago. I know, right? So I've already doubled yeah. that. I'm already at 130 just in the years that I've had it. <laughs> that's, that's still nothing. That's still not that truck, man. Yeah. Is, that's one of the best trucks ever, ever. Yeah. It's a little small for, for what um, we're growing into as a family, but my goal is to build it out do some stuff with it. Um, it's a great hunting rig. I take it down some oh, razor yeah. trails. 
uh, where my, I come back and my wife's like, what did you do to your truck? I'm like, I told you I bought the used one so I could scratch it up. Right. So I can um, beat it up. Yeah. I just barely had to change out the CV axles at 130,000 miles and with a three inch lift and 33s on it, like yeah. just barely had to change them out. So that's, that's impressive. That's, that's low maintenance, bro. That's low maintenance. Yeah, right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, my goal is to once, and I know you work in it and, and I know this is kind of an old school mindset, but like once they've worked out any kinks they have to do with the engine and I've got this taco built out, I'm going to keep that for my son. Um, cause what, what 16 year old doesn't want to built out Tacoma? Oh, they're like, yeah, you know, hundred percent of them will take it. Even if it's a gen one or a gen two or whatever, like 100%. anyone. Yeah. And so right now he's kind of like, I don't know, dad, but I know when he hits that, that, you know, 16, he's going to be one. Yeah. So, when all of his friends are telling him how cool that truck actually is, bro, he's going to be like, yeah, okay. I'm going to be that guy now. I'm take <laughs> exactly. <it."> exactly. <laughs> um, 100%. so then then I'll upgrade to a Tundra or a, I was looking at either a Tundra or a, an F-150 kind of deal. Um, I don't need a lot of towing power. I just want some good off-road, a little bit more space. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So I we'll traded an F-150 for the Tundra. I, I traded an F-150 for the Tundra and it was a great truck. I loved it. But man, the the, the new Tundra just kind of, it caught my eye. And, and yeah. uh, you know, obviously being in that environment, man, I'm just like looking at it day after day after day. It finally <laughs> broke me down. It broke me down. So I gave That's in. Awesome. That's awesome. Yep. We'll have to talk trucks later though. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you. Oh I can yeah, man, we'll be here the rest stuff. of the day. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, uh, so you got, you know, you're working with, with Toyota, then your wife got sick of you, um, just building your own arrows and said, Hey, you need to do something with it. So you started yeah. the company <laughs> and, uh, uh, so t- talk to me about kind of that process. Why arrows? Why not anything else? I mean, there's a ton of arrow builders out there. Um, I'm always interested in people that are hopping into a saturated market. Why did you choose that? And then what differentiates yours versus others? Uh, well, for starters, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't, I didn't research how saturated that market was prior to That's just, I mean, that's the most, the most honest answer, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I think that, I think that there's a line, right? So you've got you've got these guys who are arrow builders, but how many of them are serious arrow builders, right? Like how many of them are, you know, how many of them are walking you through a process versus just having you say, "Hey, this is what I want," and whether that's appropriate for your setup and your hunting situation or not, they're just building you whatever and, and taking your money and, and on your way you go. And so I think the thing that differentiates us is that no matter how big we get, I'm going to hire as many people as I need to that will be able to take the time to do an individual consultation with you. Talk about, you know, every customer has the same conversation with us in terms of tell us about your bow, tell us about your broadhead, tell us about your hunting scenario, tell us about the shot distances that you're comfortable taking on an animal versus when you're practicing. And let's give you recommendation A and recommendation B for your particular setup. We're going to teach you how to clock your bow so that we can put the appropriate helical on that arrow for, I mean, everything, every detail is covered. And then, uh, we provide an experience that nobody else is doing right now. Once we settle on those, you know, those basic things, right. You're then going to be able to go into a design selection tool that we wrote the code for and made, and you're going to be able to see your arrow on the screen and you're going to be able to click every wrap every vein that we have in our catalog, it's going to put those items on the arrow for you. So you can see what it's going to look like and, uh, and, and pick out what you want. And so we're not just building them 
as far as, uh, you know, the craftsmanship and, and taking the time to making sure that, um, that every insert is put in right and tuned and spun and, and all of that. We're also, uh, doing the cleanest work out there. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that our work is super clean and, uh, and we have, something for everybody, man. We can do, uh, we can do customization as far as your wraps go. If you, if you want something that's specific to you or one of one, we can do that. We do all of that stuff. And, uh, I just think from A to Z, I think that our experience is the best. I don't think that anybody's providing the type of experience that we are. So I think that's what differentiates us is the experience. No, that's awesome. And so that, that's a really cool in-depth. So it's not just simply, you put in some specs and then, you know, you get it sent over to you. You kind of walk them through getting everything clocked and and everything like that. So everything, um, you know, that that's that's really impressive. And, and uh, Patrick takes care of all of that. Or do you guys have multiple people that walk people through stuff? Me and Patrick both okay. both are involved in that process. Me and Patrick. So, so Patrick, listen, I have to pull the reins back on this guy from time to time because this guy is an animal, right? This dude, uh, I'll wake up in the morning at five o'clock and he's already up working inquiries. I'll, I'll go to bed (laughs) at midnight and he's still up working inquiries. And I have to text him. I'm like, dude, relax, bro. Like, please go spend some time with your family or take a nap or something. Um, but yeah, man, we, we have a fast response time. We're both on top of it. There's great communication within the company, uh, among all of us. And, um, every customer gets taken care of in a timely fashion. And, and that's what it's about, man. That's the starting point to that experience that I was telling you about. No, oh, that's really cool. So you, and then once you get that, you walk them through the whole process, you get everything built out for them. What would be, I guess, a couple of questions with aero building. Once one of your more popular, is everyone kind of going towards a heavy arrow now because of uh, Mr. Ranch Ferry? Or is it, uh, you know, people are, are on the lighter end or is it kind of this middle ground where it's about 450, 500 grains? That's the, so, so of course, you know, you're going to have guys that know exactly what they want, right? I want this weight built out like this. And I'm not going to argue with that guy. I'm going to give my opinion, uh, but I'm not going to argue, but you know, most of our clients are looking for a recommendation and my recommendation for, uh, you know, depending on the bow setup, right. Of course. But if we're talking IBO, right. 70 and 30, my recommendation on a whitetail arrow or a mule deer arrow is always going to be something for 70 to 500, because I, I shoot that I've shot it for years. I believe that that is where you find that, that best mix of speed and momentum and penetration. And, and it kind of gives you the best of, of, all components. You know what I mean? I, I, um, I personally don't subscribe to what the ranch fairy is talking about. I don't think you need a 700 grain arrow to kill a whitetail. I think that's, I think you give too much in exchange for what you get. Um, but that's, you know, maybe an opinion piece. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. And I, and I, I know there's been some, some, what people are per they're perceiving it as beef, which is kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of that between, uh, people are like, Oh, well, you know, Dudley's saying this and he's like adamantly anti ranch ferry. And it's funny because you, you sit down and, and getting into the industry, just a couple of years that I've gotten to know people, even local archery shops, unless you are completely a screw up, they're not like enemies. There is no right. like animosity. And so knowing Dudley and I don't know Troy very much, uh, you know, he'll eventually get on the podcast here. We're working things out there, but he definitely is like, he comes off as a certain idea 
on the, on YouTube. And I think people get these little glimpses of him, but they don't realize, they don't think he's not out hunting elk. And I think Dan did a really good job of, of, of showing that, um, where, you know, he had Troy in his camp in Texas, I think it was this year. And he specifically asked Troy in front of the group when Troy was presenting, he said, Troy, how many elk have you killed? And Troy's like, well, I, have, I haven't yet. And so he's like, okay, so, per, you know, in the window of Ranch Ferry, killing whitetails at 20, 30 yards, killing hogs, which hogs are little tanks of no it's one's hogs. Gone out and, I mean, yeah, yeah ho hogs is really where he's coming from. Exactly. And so if you're out there shooting these little tanks, yes, I mean, that makes sense. But what then you've got Dudley talking about how the arrow trajectory and how he was sick of seeing these people out in Big Sky. Um, Utah is where he finally got fed up with it and started talking about it, how he's seen people that he recognizes from years past, how they've gone backwards in their skills because they have this big old arc and they're hitting well, they, their trajectory. They, they, have this, they have this huge margin of error. You're, you're mm -hmm. creating a wider margin of error yep. and th that's got to be moderated, right? I'm not mm -hmm. saying that there's not benefits to it. I'm not saying that there's right. not benefits to it, but at the end of the day, how many how many bow hunters that are not Dudley or Levi or Cam, the, these guys that are the top tier experienced, you know, their whole lives of, of being in that situation. How many everyday bow hunters when that 150 inch deer comes out in front of them at 40 yards are going to be steady as a rock? Mm -hmm. How many, you know, what percentage of them? 1%, 5%. And so for those other guys who are out there at 40 yards with a 700 grain arrow, well, your margin of error with that arrow is, is a hair. That's it. And so can you manage your emotions in that situation? Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but I would rather have a 475 grain arrow where when I'm in there and I'm shaking like a leaf, I can make a small mistake and not pay the, the full price for it. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, just that, that trajectory that people don't think about with, you know, the, the tree branch that's in the way that you don't see, or, you know, whatever it is like, yes, there's big benefits to those heavier arrows, but it's just something that I wanted to, I want to ask you as an arrow builder, like, are people really trending that way? And I know people get it's adamant fizzling about out. it. But it's it's yeah. fizzling out. And that's what I'm seeing is that, is that the, the trend has peaked and it's fizzling mm -hmm. out and guys are, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I, I was, I was 570 last year. I want to dial that down to 520 this year or 515. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those guys. Listen, I, I am a, I'm one of those guys. I was shooting a 550 grain arrow at one point and, and I kind of just started bringing that back a little bit because, uh, because I don't really think that for me and my hunting scenario and everybody's different, right? But for me and my scenario, I didn't have a need for it. And uh, a 480 grain arrow will just blister any Georgia whitetail, you know, out there. And, and so, so I don't need that extra weight. I'm still shooting a proper broadhead and uh, good to go there. All right. Pardon the brief interruption here, but I want to bring to you and give a shout out to all the amazing companies that I get to work with on a regular basis. I aim for quality and I want you guys to understand that. I want you to know that the companies that I recommend, it's not due to being paid by these companies or being asked to advertise certain things. I work with companies that I believe in, I use their gear or their nutritional supplementation, and I want to share that with you. So here we go. Of course, First Form and First Form Outdoors, 
Guys, come join us over at First Form Outdoors Facebook group. If you don't have Facebook, shoot me an email. I'd love to get you in on the weekly calls. First Form just makes the best supplements on the market. When you're up on the mountain, you definitely want a post-workout shake. When you get off of the mountain while you're making your, your meals, you want to make sure you have your micronutrients on point when you are hunting. So definitely want you guys to check that out. Check out the link down below. You get free shipping for life when you use the link on any orders. Over 75 bucks. Also, Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice. Those are my top two meals in the backcountry whenever I'm out hunting. I love those meals. Clean ingredients. Great macros. Make sure you hit your recovery there as well. Black Ovis. Best conglomeration of all of the things that have to do with outdoors and hunting from clothing i love their lightweight setups with merino and their pants they've got backpacks glassing and more boots crispy boots that i rock go check them out guys code redbeard10 will save you money and free shipping on anything over 50 dollars. all in digiscoping best digiscoping on the market the bino adapter is coming out very soon go check it out code redbeard to save some money Initial Ascent, best pack backpacks on the market, guys, by far. Go check them out and use code REDBEARD as well. A3 Archery Bowstrings, favorite strings, no stretch, no need to wax them. They're waxless, just awesome, and they hold tension. No loss in poundage. Go check them out, A3 Archery Bowstrings. Cryptek, my go-to camo, but also day-to-day -day wear. They've got some amazing pieces of gear and clothing. Go check out Cryptek, Castro Glassing Systems, Dark Energy, if you guys need that battery, the Poseidon Pro, or even the Poseidon Nano. Go check them out, guys. Use code REDBEARD, save some money. Go Ruck, those McCalls, or those Macalls, are the best shoe for EDC. For me personally, I rock them every single day. Trail running, they are great for rucking. They have some great tread, wider toe box, excellent shoe. Go check out Go Ruck, code REDBEARD10. Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, My Medic, Canvas Cutter. Guys, that thing is outstanding. Get a cot from Teton Sports, get Canvas Cutter, and you're good to go during hunting season if you're hunting back from the truck. Affect Beard Oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, the Game Changer, Bow Hunters United, Joy Bees, and of course, the Bow Hitch. Guys, Thank you so much for listening in on this. I just wanted to give a shout out to all the sponsors of the show. If you can't support monetarily, again, go leave a review. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day. And let's get back into the conversation here. That's awesome. No, that's, you know, and, and yeah, there's so much that goes into it. And I think just people need to recognize the, what are you shooting? What's your goals? Where do you hunt? That's another right. thing. Uh, you know, are you in open country where you're not worried about hitting a branch? Or are you in the thick, nasty stuff, North Idaho, where there's branches everywhere and you have to be able to shoot through a bush to be able to get to the animal? Um, you know, you just got to check out your your stuff. And yes, YouTube's cool. A lot cool. that goes you, into it. Yep. There's YouTube's cool. You get a lot of information. But that's what I just kind of want to bring it back to the fact that I love that you guys walk people through what are they wanting to hunt, um, how their arrow clocks. There's education behind it, which again... There's not a lot of that. And like, you can't fault companies per se if they're so big that they can't have someone that can walk people through this stuff consistently. But I'll just say like dialed, dialed archery, for example. Um, yeah. I know for a fact that Scott is known to get on FaceTime 
and talk to people for two and three hours getting their bows set up because he's sick of, you know, because they called him about something about not getting enough clearance. And he was like, well, hold on, let's check out your whole setup instead of, instead of saying, you know, no, I know my site's the best. He's like, okay, well, you've checked all these pieces on your site. Now let's look at your setup. Great. And then that's where he finds D loops too high, you know, peep heights, crazy, whatever's going on, you know? And And so, and that's, that's a perfect example of what we were talking about. Kind of, you know, going back to, to the service side, right. Um, I've gotten to know Taylor pretty good over at dialed. And, uh, I mean, those guys are killing it right now. And, and it's because they have a really cool product an innovative product. And then they back that through, through that support channel that's available, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things, you know, again, great quality and they may have, you know, they've got so many things that they're working on here in the near future as well. Um, they're constantly innovating, getting better, but they back it up with customer service. And I, I have yet to find someone who genuinely has a complaint that when I ask him, well, have you reached out other than posting about it and complaining about it in a comment? Have you actually reached out to him? Most of them say, no, I haven't. And I'm like, okay, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Reach out. And if they aren't willing to help you, then, you know, then, then voice your, your frustration. But I mean, no company's perfect. There's going to be issues, right? And the bigger you get, the more issues you're going to have, but it's, but it's, it's really about how you adapt your company to be able to deal with those issues in that volume, you know? Exactly. So, So, all right. So you, you walk people through the step or the steps. So you get everything clocked, right? Um, I do want to ask you too, how much do you think it affects arrow flight clocking the arrows? That's a popular question nowadays. So I want to hear from you. Yeah, this is a point of contention, right? I talk about this pretty often. So, uh, so I think that, I think that it makes a difference. Right. And, and so in my mind, you know, you've got your guys, you've got your companies out there that when they're doing builds and stuff like that, they only offer it to the right. You know, and and there are companies like that, and so for me, I, the the logic behind it when I think about it, this is what I tell my customers: if I've got an arrow that comes out and it wants to rotate left, and then I force that to change and turn that arrow to the right, well, even though that happens in such a, a microsecond of time, you you can't convince me that there is no um, efficiency loss there. You're stopping something and then starting it over, and so you know, I think that. The ideal situation is to build an arrow that performs at the highest level of efficiency possible. And if that means promoting the natural rotation of the arrow, then then give me a good reason that you wouldn't do it. Give me a good reason. Don't tell me that the broadhead's going to unscrew because by the time that happens, if it does, <laughs> the job is done. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that the I think that the pros outweigh the cons. If I, if I have a broadhead unscrewing an animal on the way through, well, it's going to happen after the job is done because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. we're rolling through at 280, 290 feet a second. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I just don't think that there's a, a better argument that could convince me to to change that or to force that, you know, to, to happen. No, oh, cool. What do you I, think I like about that. it? Oh man, asking me my own question. Uh, yeah, there, I think, so here, here's where I stand on it. If you've already got your arrows built, don't mess with your setup unless you're shooting groups like, you know, like this at 20 yards, right? Like if you've got good tight groups and you realize your arrows clocking to the left, but you're fletched to the right, don't go screw your whole setup up. Like just go hunt figure, and then tinker around in January, February time frame when you're not hunting. Or right. if you are chasing Q's deer, 
then go out in March and April, you know, do tinker then, but don't screw your whole setup up because you think you're losing some efficiency with your arrow when you're shooting tight groups. Now, if you're building your arrow setup, then I think that there is, there's just enough efficiency of arrow flight that you could get tighter groups out of it. Me personally, um, I know my Mach 34 clocks left and my Omen clocks left. I didn't clock my arrows until after I'd already built my arrows for my Mach 34. And they honestly both shoot very similar groups. So, um, I don't, I've got right fletch for my Mach and I've got left fletch for my Omen. Sure. It's just, you know, but I hadn't built my arrows yet for my Omen when I found out about the left clocking. So that's what, you know, for me, and plus, I mean, my arrow's flying out so fast, I don't know how much efficiency I'm really losing <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. So so that's my, that's kind of my ideology on it. And I think there's another side to it, right? I mean, it, let's be fair to the, let's be fair to the, to the debate, right? Like, yeah, we're talking about small portions of efficiency and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but you know, don't let's not, let's not forget that, that most of us who are worried about these types of things, and this is a very real comment, right? Like most of us that are, <laughs> are worried about these types of things aren't skilled enough where it matters. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and that's a, you know, that's a, that's just a fact, right? If, if you're not shooting in the Olympics, if you're not, again, Dudley, Levi, Cameron, Chris B, these guys that are these super high level shooters, maybe you're not good enough to, to notice that difference. But for me, you know, I'm just bougie like that. And, uh, and, and I also, you know, want to make sure that in that moment, right, like I have done every possible thing th- that I could to prevent it. I mean, let's talk about helical too, right? Look at that, bro. That's that whatever five or six degree you get off of, uh, um, that, Arizona easy fletch, but that's to the left that these are for my omen. I had to go with red, black on everything, right? It's going to suck to try and find in the field, but that is uh, some nasty helical on that thing. man. Those fletchings are just so beautiful. Gotta love them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got that first form outdoors, but, uh, yeah, Yeah, no, I just, uh, you know, again, it, for me, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's one of those things where if I'm going into target archery, 100% 100% I'm, I'm knock tuning bear shaft all the crap everything. to make sure that's everything with with my hunting setup I'm more like can I hit a paper plate at 70 or 80 yards that's consistently right. that's you right know? and that's for, hun- for what I'm yeah. hunting that's what matters yeah I, I would agree with that for sure I, I think we get we get a little hung up on on shooting you know groups this big at, at 60 yards when really I mean do you need to shoot a group that big at 60 yards or can you consistently shoot a group this size at 60 yards? Because even mm-hmm. on whitetail, right? Like it doesn't matter if I hit over here or over here, I'm still in the lungs on that whitetail. So, yep. you know, of course we want to get it dialed in as tight as possible, but sometimes I think there's a bit too much pressure on ourselves about it. Oh yeah. It's like yeah, Dudley we, said, we kinda... right? We need to spend more time just shooting the bow. Just shoot the bow, man. Shoot the bow every single day and, and watch the improvement that happens without tinkering with your equipment, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely one of those things that we, we go down these rabbit holes and, uh, you know, that, that happens. But, um, yeah, it's just – it's fun questions to ask, especially people that like yeah. to tinker. Like you, you build arrows. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's attention to detail. So I do yeah. appreciate that. You're not, again, you're not cookie cutter. You do walk people through that. And again, like I said, my 
theory for what it's worth. I'm still new to archery, but um, is that, you know, if you've already got your arrows built, don't screw them up. But if you haven't, then clock your arrows and get a little bit more efficiency out of them kind of deal. So yeah. I think it's cool that you guys, you guys walk them through that. Um, I guess the other thing, let's talk about spine here. Uh, what do you prefer for people to do if they're right on the border? Do you prefer that you go a little bit stiffer on the spine or yes. weaker? Stiffer. Okay. Yeah, stiffer. I, I think that a weak is uh, going weaker is something that you can't tune out. You can you can tune. Yep. You can still come to tune with uh, with an arrow that's a little bit overspined for you. And then also, you know, I in that situation, I think that that gives you flexibility down the line. Let's say that you're you know you're you're considering going a little heavier on your draw, or you turned out to be a half inch short on your draw length and you're tinkering around and you realize you like 28 and a half better than 28, or you want to go 25 grain heavier on your broadhead that keeps that door open for that versus if you are right on that line and you, and you ride that line and you go on the weaker spine where, well, now you, you can't go any further with that. You're going to be, you're going to be buying new arrows if you want to go 25 grain heavier, or if you, you know, so I think that the, I think that the benefits of going a little bit stiff on the spine in that situation versus staying weak, uh, on the spine are, are greater to go a little stiffer. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, it's funny cause I, I've only got a like 28, 28 and a half inch draw. So just kind of a little bit of little, right at average. Yeah. Um, but kicking out those heavier, uh, bows, you know, a lot more energy. And then on top of that, um, I usually run around 175 to 200 grains total up front between the outsert and, uh, and broadhead. And so, you know, I tend to go on the stiffer and this year I actually had to go up to 250, um, yeah. for, for some of my arrows, uh, just because it is what it is. And with a, with a rip TKO, you only have, you only gain like point, it's either 0.1 or 0.01 grains per it's inch. Ten- Tenth of a grain, yeah. So, so yeah. you go uh, that two fifty is a eight point nine grain per inch arrow. Yep. Uh, and on a side note, I I think that that's the very best five millimeter arrow on the market right now. Mm-hmm. There, I don't think there is a better two hundred four shaft out there. Period. Yep. Yeah. No, I I agree a hundred percent. I know Easton's here in my backyard, uh, but I just I can't. I can't deny the, I don't want to go heavier, which the axis is heavier grains per it's inch. It's just a heavy by, arrow, man. I think it's like two or three grains per inch yeah. um, for yeah, the same spine stiffness. And uh, so, you know, I, I went with victory. I love their, the way it's set up, but I love the, the grains, the total grains that I get out of it. Um, I really like the, the four millimeters. If you're running two setups and I'll say, you know, this, uh, the four millimeter from them, if you're running the, uh, Valkyrie, the full Valkyrie setup, not the screw in, but the actual like center pin system or the, uh, Aaron Snyder setup with, uh, iron will because of the way those components fit with the four millimeter, everything else. I haven't found anything yet. Now I haven't tested. I know MFJJ just came out with some new, um, titanium half outs for the, uh, for the four millimeters. So those would be cool to test, but outside of I that, also I haven't messed with them. Yeah. Outside of that, I haven't really found anything that is as durable. Now, again, if you're just shooting a couple arrows a day, if that the standard stuff is okay, but if you shoot enough that you could possibly bend that aluminum, even in foam, you hit a cold piece of foam, whatever, something hard, the dirt behind it, 
you know, that stuff can bend. And so having those full setups with a center pin system, is just, it's a whole nother level. Like that's just, yeah, durable. Man, I'm super curious about the Valkyrie stuff. I was actually talking to Pat about it the other day and he's really, uh, he's sitting over here like watching me right now, but he, uh, he, he is really interested in it. And I am too, man. I, I think it's, it's like truly a unique system compared to anything else on the market. Mm-hmm. I don't have experience with it, so I can't speak to it. Um, but so, we're right on the edge of trying some of that stuff out, man. I will tell you, uh, it's expensive, obviously. Um, yeah. And from what I know, VPA actually is the one that makes the broadheads for Valkyrie. Ah. So it's that same stiffness, but they make a three blade with Valkyrie. And then the Evolution guys, uh, Evolution broadheads, I don't know if you've seen their stuff. But you know, they're oh, yeah, mechanical. So they're mechanical. So Valkyrie's mechanical is made by evolution, but you throw the center pin system from Valkyrie on it. So it's kind of, yeah, but the Valkyrie system. system, Yeah. yeah, So the Valkyrie solid head um, is a beast. It's like throwing a spear at something. I mean, yeah, it looks pretty, it looks pretty gnarly, bro. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, dude. Yeah, it's it's nasty and it's sharp. Um, I went so last year, kind of my bad experience. Uh, I finally drew a buck tag, um, but just up here close to us. And so I wasn't looking for anything more than a two pointer uh, or better. Like I still haven't knocked down any big bucks. So like, you know, I'd go up in the sure. morning before work. I'd go up there and hunt. And uh, um, it came to like one of the last days. And I ended up getting, uh, you know, a little forky. Um, it was like an 80 yard straight downhill shot. Like I was up on a ridge almost. And he was down here. He walked across. He was a little bit more quartered to me than I thought when I finally found him. But, uh, I shot, yeah, 80 yards. It was a four millimeter full center pin system with a Valkyrie. It went just above his shoulder blade between his shoulder blade and his spine went, ran all the way through him and out his right butt cheek. And a serious business, bro. And that was at 80 yards. It was like 80, it was like 78, 80 yards. Bro, I'm so, impressed that you took that shot at 80 yards. That's uh that's grown man <laughs> stuff, bro. It's it's uh yeah. <laughs> that was that's kind true. of a last last day thing. I need to get this done kind of deal. Oh yeah. But yeah, here, I know. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> but here here's the here's and I was comfortable with that I told myself I won't shoot past 80, but I will I will shoot, you know, right at that 80 mark. I was comfortable with that with that shot. But um the other thing was uh, that I the the blood trail because it, the the I was so high up, um, it didn't bleed out the top hole obviously because the blood's all pulling down, but and then out the backside the guts had plugged the hole, so I didn't get a blood trail and it was like fresh snow and so at first you know I watched the arrow it's a long enough shot and it feels like forever so I'm watching it and I see the fletching sink in. And he kicks his snow blew off his back, like all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I got him. Right. And got I watched him. all these. Deer, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I watched all these deer file out of the draw and I was looking, I was like, well, I don't see any with holes. So he's gotta be down there. And of course a hiker comes up behind me. Um, cause that's how bountiful it is. People like they love these, yeah. they'll hike all year. It's crazy to me, but he comes up. He's like, oh, what? You know, he's talking to me about it. He's totally cool about it. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And he was watching the deer with me, seeing if he could see anything fall over. And uh, he went off. And so then I went down. I went down the trail and or I guess down the super steep side of the mountain and uh, get down to it. And I I couldn't find my arrow. 
I still have yet to find that arrow. I have no idea where that's going. Went. It, was, it went into some super like <laughs> nasty oak brush crap and uh, couldn't, there was no blood. There was no guts, nothing. And so I was like, well, maybe I missed, you know, I'm like replaying it in my head. I'm like, maybe I missed. And I'm like, no, I swear. Like I, like that was a kill shot anyway, follow his trail. And so I stopped on this little ridge that had this little tiny draw right you know, beside it. I stopped there and I was really frustrated. I was like, man, I said, I've got to get back to work. I was going to get this done. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to get back to work, went back down to work, um, came back up because I actually had lost my ultra view thumb release. It fell off on that, on that, trying to find, trying to find the deer. Did you ever find it? So I'm I'm getting there. (laughs) So that's, and for people that don't know, that's like a $300 release. And so, you know, I, and it was the stainless one. It wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the aluminum. It was the black stainless. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I go back up and my main focus at that point was like, I, I thought I'd missed the buck. So now I'm trying to find my, my release. Oh, my release. And <laughs> yeah, I want that release back. And so I go back up, my son brings his metal detector. Like we're like hiking up and down and I just retraced my steps and I happened to get almost to the top where I had taken the shot from. And I looked back down and I saw the black, I don't know how it stood out, but I found it. This it was, was like almost be, two weeks. Right? It was almost two weeks later. Like we had a trip and other stuff. Going oh on. So my like, gosh. Like I had all this going through my head, like, Oh crap. Oh crap. And, uh, anyway, so then a couple of days after I'd gone up and found my release, I get a text from my buddy. And he's like, Hey, you know, um, wrapping up my season. Uh, and you know, it's unfortunate. I found this, this deer and, uh, and it was kind of a crappy shot. It's really far back. And I, I was like, Oh man, where'd you find it? And he told me, I was like, oh, no. And, oh, yeah. uh, and so he sends oh, yeah. me the picture and, um, and it was, it, it was the exit hole. So it looked like it was a really far back shot. So I go back up and I tag the animal, you know, um, and, uh, grabbed the head off and, and I just kind of checked out the shot and that's how I found out it had gone through spine, shoulder blade, uh, one of the lungs, liver, and all of the guts and out the back hind quarter. And it blew through. Yeah, that's serious. Like, that's serious yeah. business at 80 yards. Oh, yeah. That's serious business, man. And that was a uh-huh. 470 grain arrow, 475 ish grain arrow with that valve. That's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying, man. There's Mm -hmm. so, so doubling back to it, how, how could that situation have been better with a 600 grain arrow? No, it wouldn't have unless it punched him in the shoulder. It had like a, like a fist on the end of it, you know, knock him over, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, on the way through here he is. But the only thing I could have done better was probably use a mechanical on that shot and open the hole up a little bit more. Um, but even then, like just the, that's my only gripe with the fixed blades, man. That's my only gripe with the fixed blades is, is, uh, you know, I've been hunting with them for four years, uh, steady. And I, and I am yet to find a really great blood trail. Like, you know, it's spotty, there's blood here, there's blood there, but I mean, you know, it makes me a little jealous of these, uh, of the rage guys, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's this, just this blood trail that you, you could be blind and still follow. And so, you know, I'm trying to find that mix, man. And and I'm going to try something new this year. I've been shooting, uh, single bevel, you know, for the last four years. And I'm, I'm actually trying a, a sever this year, uh, because I think it's a durable mechanical 
And, uh, and I can't even believe I'm saying this right now, dude. I've been such a proponent of fixed blade heads, but I, I just, I'm a tinkerer, man. I want to mm-hmm. tinker with something different and, and see kind of what that difference is. You know, John Lusk did some testing on the sever and, and they did really, really good. So yeah. I'm curious. Yep. And yeah, they're here in my backyard too. So they're one of the, uh, so here, here's the thing that I've figured with mechanics. And again, this is coming from a new guy. I don't have a ton of experience, but from what I gather from what people talk about with mechanicals versus fixed is if you are hugging that shoulder, you got a problem to begin with. And I think people hug that shoulder a little too much, or they don't realize where that, like, if they're, if the leg is back, you know, it's protected a lot more than if they're stepping forward, you know, and you need to kind of see that position, be able to picture anatomically that flat part of the scapula isn't terrible to break through at all, but it's when it's back and you've got the humerus mixed with the scapula or you've got the knuckle of the humerus and right there. The knuckle is really, really the the, the toughest, right? Or even the spine of the scapula. Like if it's down a little bit and you get the spine of the scapula. So I just always tell people like, check your anatomy, but realize you have all this other space right behind it. You don't need to hug that shoulder to get into the heart shot necessarily. Um, You need to, you need to focus on getting a good double lung shot. Uh, And and I think that, and again, this is me. I haven't really tested uh, mechanicals on other than grouse and turkeys, but it works really great on grouse. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I shot one, I shot a turkey with one of the severs this, uh, this spring, man. And I couldn't believe it, dude. The arrow just like, I mean, it zipped right through, which is counterproductive to what you're trying to do when bow hunting turkey but yeah mm. i mean i was like okay well i think i'm going to try these for whitetail this year and and, uh, and i am going to have to be cognizant of that shot placement a little bit different like, i'm going to have to change a little bit of what i've been doing because i have been aiming to just right on that shoulder with those fixed blades man because it's just not been an issue man it slips right through that that shoulder uh almost like it's not even there um uh i've been shooting an iron will for four years mm. and they make a great broadhead mm. man and oh, yeah. uh gosh they just i haven't had one that won't pass through no matter where i no matter where i hit the animal and um and so i am gonna have to make some adjustments this year i think with that shot placement kind of bring it back and try to avoid that shoulder situation for sure yep yeah so my idea this year is white tail i'm gonna be using the sever 2.0s um and I think this is going to come out after hunting season, so I'm okay to tell it because I'm I've still got to do a I still got to do kind of a final breakdown of what I'm using on my arrows. But uh, I think for whitetails, I'll be using the severs, um, and then with my my hunting setup, I'm going to be using the uh, Iron Will solids and um, either that or the Evolution solids. Have you seen those? Uh, just a little bit. Like I haven't, okay. I haven't spent a lot of time researching them. But cool. Uh, they're, I've got them back here, so I'll, I'll grab them and show them to you. But um, yeah, either probably the Iron Will solids or the Evolution solids um, in my quiver, and then with like a backup arrow of the Evolution uh, uh, mechanical. I always get the. It's either Jekyll or Hyde. It's one of the two. But either way, the, the solids for first shot, and then mechanical for second shot on my uh, on my. I just have elk this year, so. Um, if I was shooting nice. deer, I would probably like a mule deer, I'd probably use a, a mechanical, um, for a first shot, but with the elk, they're just so much tougher. The hides even tougher. So I, I want to start, yeah, I want to start with that, that fixed head, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'll be doing. And then when I go out for whitetail in Ohio, I'll be, 
the 2.0 severs. Um, what, which, uh, which severs are you going to be shooting? The 175. I, okay. I went with the one seven. I went with the one seven five. I, uh, I have the 2.0s. That's what I use for Turkey again. And I was, you know, I was trying to prevent that pass through, which is why I didn't, you know, use a, a fixed blade on the Turkey. And, uh, man, that 2.0, it just blistered him, dude. It, it passed right through. Like, I mean, I probably could use them for whitetails and it would be no problem. Uh, but I, I, I still wanted to, you know, I have a hard time letting go. <laughs> so I wanted to maintain, uh, as much of that penetration as possible, but, but not be counterproductive to the reason that I was considering making that switch in the first place and go to like a 1.5, because if I'm going to leave that, you know, still a small hole like that, I might as well just keep shooting what I'm shooting, you know? Yep. So exactly. I'm just kind of, I'm towing that line, man. And trying to, trying to figure out, uh, what I like. It pains me to, to even consider shooting a different broadhead than iron will, because I've been so satisfied with, uh, with the way that they perform. But, you know, my property has changed, uh, over the last few years and it's, it's becoming hmm. more and more important that I have that blood trail to follow because, you know, before, it was newly, uh, newly timbered. A lot of it was newly timbered. And so you had that visual aspect of being able to shoot and see it happen, right? See the deer go mm -hmm. down or whatever the case is, but it's not like that anymore, man. I've got, you know, 12 foot tall brush and everything out there. And I'm just going to need to be able to see that blood. Cause I'm not going to see the animal go down. So, yeah, no, for sure. No, that makes sense. I'm excited to see how, how that goes for you and, and, uh, how that turns out. Yeah, I got Pat. I got Pat uh, shooting the severs this year too, man. So we're we're gonna we're all gonna do it and see uh, see how it turns out. My wife's still gonna nice. shoot the iron wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm gonna be I'm doing the 2.0 because I talked with Connor a little bit over there at Sever, and he was like, dude, he was like, with your poundage, like the 1.75, because I, I had the one the 2.0s and the 1.5s. And he was like, I don't know why you're still wanting to shoot the 1.5s. He was like, but, uh, you know, well, <laughs> he was yeah. like, you need the 2.0s. I said, okay, whatever. So we'll see how that goes on Whitetail this year. But I imagine it'll be, um, it'll be good. I think that it's, I think that it's a mechanical that really separates itself, man. And I think one of the coolest features of that broadhead is the way that the, the whole thing swivels mm. uh, in there. So if you, you know, if you're trying to get through a rib cavity or something like that, you, you know, I don't think you lose a lot of penetration because it's designed to just roll around that rib. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a super clever design. And, and, uh, I, I think that it sets itself aside to a point in, in that, in that segment of mechanical broadheads, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Um, what part of arrow building haven't we touched on yet that you'd like to talk about with people? I mean, you tell me, I, I feel like we've, I feel like we, let's talk about lighted knocks for a second. You there know, a, lo a, lot okay. of, a, a yep. lot of, a lot of guys, listen, I am an anti lighted knock guy. I, I just think that there are other ways to track that arrow after the fact. And, and I think that you, you know, it, it, we're talking in small numbers here, right? 10 grains, eight grains, that sort of thing. But that, I think that that stuff matters. And I do think that there's a value to front of center, uh, in arrow performance. And, and I think that 12 extra grain on the back of the arrow, when you could put a reflective wrap on there and save that 12 grain, hmm. um, it is a difference maker. It can be a difference maker. That's gotcha. my, that's my opinion. Yeah. So I guess, okay. I guess let's talk about wraps too, because I've, I am, I wouldn't say anti-wrap, but I don't use wraps for 
various reasons, one of them being the weight savings. And the other one being the idea that it could possibly hide a crack in the arrow. And now that that comes up, I, I've seen it happen twice. And one of them is based on theory. Two years ago at TAC, this guy had the new Omen, speed bow, crazy, awesome bow. Um, he He had an arrow in his bow and, you know, released and it blew up. And yeah, so my, my theory is that he had nicked it. And obviously you should check your arrows, you but your he arrows, had probably right. nicked it and didn't check it. And I'm, and he was running wraps and so, um, couldn't see the crack in the arrow itself, either that or the knock one of the two, but that's my theory. Cause I know for a fact he had an arrow in there. Um, and it just, it blew to pieces. And so, um, that, and then. What was the other one? There was another time where, um, you know, I, and I checked the arrows. So I was pulling someone else's arrow and I was just kind of, you know, looking at him. And I was like, I noticed the knock was a little wonky. And then I saw, and up underneath, you could see if you held it upright, you could see there was a crack in the back of the arrow, but you wouldn't have been able to see it looking at it like this rather than holding it up, you know? And, um, and so gotcha. those are my kind of concerns with wraps is the weight savings and then on top of that, obviously, you've got to be careful. You should check your arrows, especially if you're shooting groups. But not everyone is. So, you know, you kind of have to, I don't know, weigh the pros and cons of how careful you, you are. You shouldn't shoot groups, man. I think, I think it gets to a point where you should, you should hold tight on shooting groups because whether you have a wrap on the arrow or not, if you're, if you, when you get to that level and, and guys, that, guys that practice often, most of them, you know, we post pictures on Facebook. Look, I Robin Hooded an arrow and this and that. I look at it. I'm like, that's cool. But bro, all I see is that you wasted money. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you're, you're, you're damaging your arrows and stuff like that. You should always check your arrows hundred percent of the time. That is the most valid argument that I have heard against wraps is the hiding of the crack under the, under the wrap. That is a super, I don't have a response for that. That is a super valid concern. Um, I do like that. They, they give you the opportunity to see what kind of blood you're in better. Uh, depending on what you put on there. I like how much easier they make it to repair. Let's say you lose a fletching or damage a fletching shooting groups or whatever the case is. It makes it way easy to, to do that repair. You have a lot lower risk of damage in the shaft versus just trying to pull a, a, a vein off of a bare shaft and then scrape that glue off and all that. I mean, it's really easy to get a, a sliver of that carbon off of that shaft and then that arrow is done. And so, you know, I think it can be looked at either way. Um, that is a good argument. The the crack, I, you know. And that, that's only from my own experience from seeing it on other people's arrows. You know, I, I've never heard someone bring that up to me, but from seeing it, I'm like, that concerns me. Um, that definitely goes back to checking your arrows though, man. You've yep. got to, I mean, I, I think that sometimes people neglect how dangerous this is, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're not you know, we, we, and we have so much focus on the danger of a, of a gun, right. But this is not a toy. This is a, this is a killing device. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's super dangerous and you're playing a dangerous game when you deal with it. And, and, uh, uh you know, you have to check it every time. I mean, you know, just, I would rather be safe than end up with a, a piece of carbon through my hand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, me. I guess a lot of guys, Aaron Snyder had that happen last year, didn't he? He, uh, had some carbon go through his hand on a sheep hunt or yeah. some crazy awesome hunt that he got to go on. And, um, yeah, 
And then I'm just trying to think there's some other people that have had that, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's scary. And, um, I agree that people need to recognize, you know, what we're doing is fun. Um, and you know, but at the same time it's dangerous and, uh, and and the bin test doesn't always work on everything. Like that's the other thing too, is that with the end of the shaft being damaged, the bin test is not going to tell you if it's cracked or not. Um, you know, you, you still got to look at your knocks and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. But that's, so how much, I guess, would a grain, how much grains is a wrap? So it depends on the material, right? Like if you use a, uh, like, like for example, these are printed on a, like a matte material and, uh, this is going to weigh 1.3 grain per inch, uh, a fluorescent material, is going to run like 1.6 grain per inch. Reflective is going to be the heaviest material at around 2.7 grain per inch. But if you okay. look at it, Patrick's uh, running over here throwing all sorts of different material <laughs> examples on the table in front of me. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at it, um, you know, let's say you put a, a reflective wrap, a four and a half inch reflective wrap on the back of the arrow, you're still 10 grain lighter on that reflective wrap than you are on a lighted knock. And at the end of the day, you get out of your tree at night, you're looking for your arrow. If you hit that thing with a flashlight, man, it just, they jump out at you and you've saved 10 grain off the back of your arrow. Cool. And you don't have to deal with them not working. They work a hundred percent of the time. So particularly with the micro diameter arrows, it's hard to find a reliable knock, you know, the five mil stuff. I think you have some more options there, but four mil, I mean, it's tough to find something that works. But uh let's do the the devil's advocate here but what about the cool footage you get from seeing the laser beam go through the (laughs) yeah i mean that is definitely cool man (laughs) the people of instagram are going to be upset that you stopped using them (laughs) i know right oh no (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's definitely cool man it's definitely cool but you know i'm uh we're going for uh for the for the best aero flight possible Mm -hmm. here it's the name of the game bro i and i didn't i guess i didn't think about reflective wraps um yeah, that's a whole nother thing that I guess I I need to look at. But yeah, I mean, most of my arrows, I just flash them directly to them. I don't ever really have an issue yeah. with them sticking. I did have an issue with one air, one vein, um, the DCA 1.0s, the Super Sabers. Uh, the 2.0s fixed that. Um, and then they just came out with the minis. Have you guys messed around with the minis at all? No, I haven't done anything with any of the DCA stuff, to okay. be honest with you. Um, you know competition and whatnot gotcha gotcha yeah i just didn't know if the veins themselves because no that makes sense i always forget that he builds i've talked to him uh you know and he and he's asked if we wanted to carry him before and that sort of thing but i've just kind of you know nothing against him he's in my opinion he's the only guy out there doing it at the same level honestly Mm -hmm. and uh for that reason i've kept my distance it's just you know don't want to don't yeah. want to market for him. No, that makes sense. I get it. Exactly. I, I didn't even. I always forget that he. I always forget that he builds arrows. Um, I just because I build my own, so I just get his veins yeah. and dink around with them. But um, yeah, what's it's a your good product, favorite? No question about it. What's your your vein of choice for most arrow builds? Uh, I like the Max Stealth. They, it's a it's a really good vein. If I had one gripe about it, it's that it's a it's a bit heavy. Uh, but in terms of the adhesion, uh, the performance, the durability, how quiet it is. I mean, I think that, I think that the benefits, uh, definitely outweigh, you know, the, the little bit heavier weight of the vein. Cool. No, that makes I sense. I like tack veins pretty good too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I still I don't like that they're so stiff that they like if they get bent at all, they seem to hold that shape. Um, yes, I had one vein that that I had. I guess I set it down against something, and it just like had like a bend in it. And I was like, oh great, yeah, have to reflex yeah. that one. But it's they stick really well, that. and they've got a they've got a cool a cool uh, design. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, anything else? controversial you want to bring up uh because uh aero building seems to be the hot topic so um what what other controversies you want to bring up before we hop off man i try to keep it i try to keep it low-key man i don't want any controversy <laughs> no man good it's you know marketing is marketing <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna grab the clip of you saying that you hate heavy arrow no I'm kidding. <laughs> grab it grab it i uh man i dude i just i believe what i believe and and i you know a guy that's never killed an elk's not going to convince me of how the best way to kill an elk is. Mm-hmm. You're just, you know, I, I, experience speaks volumes. If yep. Cam Haynes wants to tell me about killing an elk, I'm going to listen to exactly what that guy's got to say. Yeah, but not a dude that's shooting hogs telling me how to kill other animals. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, you go to you go to someone that's made a lot of money to for financial advice. You go to someone that stayed married for a while for marriage advice. You don't go to the Correct. person that's been divorced seven times to. To, you know, to get some marriage advice. I, so, I could yeah. not have said that any better. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's awesome. Well, cool. I think we hit on some good topics here and yeah, um, I don't have an exact date when this is going to come out, but uh, when this does come out, where can people find you at? Uh, we are on Instagram at Adams Precision Archery. You can visit us on the web at adamsprecisionarchery.com. Um, and yeah, man, we're just, listen, I got to say, we are just so thankful for, uh, for the support that we've had. And we've, we're getting this great big following of super supportive people and working with some big people in the industry now. And, and, uh, this is just such a cool experience and I'm so thankful for everybody that's along for the ride, man. Seriously. No, that's awesome. And I will say, honestly, uh, Dustin and his crew make some of the cleanest looking builds. Mine definitely don't look like that minor function over fashion. I have some cool <laughs> colors and stuff, but uh, there's some glue marks and things like that that, you know, <laughs> pull them out. And I look yeah. at other arrows. I'm like, eh, it's OK. Mine work really good. So <laughs> functionality, but, uh, man. It, exactly. So I guess what what's the last thing you want to leave with people before we hop off? Um just to shoot more, man. Just, to, I think that it's so important that we, that we kind of make sure that we're not forgetting to practice and to shoot more and to work on your form and the things that spending money can't change, right? Be dedicated to what you're doing and, and, uh, and be ethical about what you're doing in the, the bow hunting woods and, and, uh, just, you know, bring, uh, bring honor to this lifestyle that we, that we all are, fortunate enough to live. Exactly. I love it. Awesome guys. I'll leave all the links down below for you guys to be able to check out Dustin's work with his team and uh, definitely check out those arrow builds. And when you guys break your arrows or need some new arrows, uh, definitely check Dustin out. He'll take care of you and walk you through the whole process. So um, yeah, appreciate your time, man. And uh, as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dustin. He's just a great individual, has built his company and is pushing forward in the archery industry and something that is already saturated with arrow builds, etc. He just does it different. So definitely check out Dustin's work down below him and his crew. Go support if you're looking to build arrows, 
go check it out. Uh, definitely have to support another red beard. I mean, he's just awesome, but really guys, his work is outstanding, hands down clean and functional. When you find those two, and I've said this before, when you find function and aesthetics, it's hard to beat along with the customer support that they provide. So go check out Adam's precision archery. The link will be down below and guys, I really appreciate you and your support. Leave that review, share it with others. Let's keep this growing. I really appreciate it. If you can support monetarily and you need gear, go check out the links down below. Again, I'd love to have you over at First Form Outdoors Facebook group and Redbeard's Fit Crew. Come join us. Have an amazing weekend. Guys, we're still in September. If you haven't yet, hopefully you're able to knock down an elk if you're elk hunting. If you're not elk hunting, guys, get in the outdoors. This is a beautiful time of year where we're transitioning from summer to fall. And I want you out there enjoying what Mother Nature and God has provided for us. This world was built for us. Go enjoy it. Have fun. Enjoy the cooling temperatures. Go for longer hikes. Watch the leaves change color. Spend time with loved ones. Make memories. And of course, get out. Live your life and love it.